Welcome to the Football Thunders podcast. Nice to see you all. Uh, of course, as usual, sponsored by Let Us Talk, uh, the mental health football charity and proper blokes club, walking for mental health. I'm back this week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've not had such a busy week, so I'm here uh, uh, with me. And joining me tonight, Dan Finch. Good evening, Dan. Hello, people. And Ryan Scott. How are we doing, Ryan? Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Uh, this evening we have got for you, well, this this show we have got for you our favourite foreign teams uh, and why we why we like them. And there are some bizarre ones heading your way. Teams you randomly dislike for no particularly intelligent reason. Is there a team out there that you dislike? Something stupid. Uh, last week, goalkeepers, and I've. I, I missed that one. It's a shame because I'd have taken you back to the 60s and 70s with some of the keepers I had lined up. And uh, But we're going to look at best right backs this evening. A tough one, I found. I found this really tough because I've seen a few and I keep coming back to one name. It's horrible. I hate it for it. Pick, bench, sell. I haven't a clue how this works, but apparently I will know. But I've been told a bit about it, but... Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Shithousery of the week. Dan, as the czar of shithousery, has picked, uh, and I think he's picked an absolute beauty because I've got a rough idea where he's going, uh, but Ryan has no idea. So shithousery, uh, we'll explain what shithousery is. Dan, how would you explain shithousery, Dan? Google, Google, there's a definition. Just search shithousery and let it work its magic. It's, I'll give an example. It's like, um, it's like uh, uh, what's his name? Emmanuel Adebayor scoring for Man City against Arsenal at Main Road and running the entire length of the pitch to celebrate the goal in front of his former club supporters. That was uh, serious. He 100 yards shithousery. It is, in essence, <laughs> taking the piss for the sake of taking the piss. Gary Neville used to do it with the Liverpool fans whenever, as as was traditional under an Alex Ferguson side, where Man United uh, done Liverpool in those days, back in the good old days. Uh, Gary Neville liked to take it to the Scousers, uh, so he's he's up there. He's a shithouse. So, our first segment of the evening, foreign clubs we support. Now, and why we support them. I mean... I've got a few, I and mean, there's some obvious ones. I mean, an obvious one, uh, there's a very obvious one, which I'm, I know Dan shares, and it's just obvious because it's a great place to go, but there's other ones. So it's not necessarily the obvious foreign team. I, I've always been a fan of Celtic in Scotland, always liked Celtic, and Dan's not. Dan's a Rangers fan. And there's, I don't know why I like Celtic. I, I think it's just because it was the green and white shirts. That's purely what it was, I think. I liked the idea of a hooped green and white shirt. But that's not my team. But so we'll start with you. Ryan, have you, is there a foreign side you look out for? And if so, why? There's loads of them. But as you've just mentioned, being a Celtic admirer, shall we call you, and Dan's a Rangers fan, I'm also, was always a Rangers fan, purely just because it was at a time when they had real world-class talent turn up there for no reason. Like Brian Laudrup was there. Oh, Paul uh, Gascoigne yeah. had just come back from Lazio to reinvent his career. Terry Butcher. Um, Ali McCoist was scoring buckets of goals left, right and centre. I think the De Boer brothers, one mm. of them or both of them, went Frank. there at one point as well. Frank De Boer, yeah. Um, and it, the, the quality of football, especially when Laudrup was there, it was just between him and Gascoigne, it was just pure 
oh, it was amazing just to sit and watch. And since then, I've always just kept an eye on them. It started before Loud Up. Where that started was 1986, I think 86, late 80s, early 90s, when Graham Soonis went there and David Murray was the chairman. Graham Soonis went there and he immediately signed Mark Haightley, who was an England international. Ray Wilkins, I think, went up there. Terry Butcher. Graham Roberts from uh, from Spurs. So he, he just signed a load of England players. And what he also did, he signed Mo Johnson. And that was a big thing because Mo Johnson had played for Celtic. And uh, playing for Celtic and for Rangers is a big no-no. He didn't sign him from Rangers. I think he got Mo Johnson from Watford. But he signed... That's, so that's where that team that you saw with, with the big names mm-hmm. evolved. That's where it started. And it carried on, and you got Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you got Gennaro yeah. Gattuso, who was a, a monster <laughs> of a player. Oh no, no! Someday maybe good, someday maybe shit. If you yeah, don't exactly. understand, if you don't understand that reference, just put um, Gennaro Gattuso, someday maybe good, on YouTube, and you'll get what I can only describe as gold dust. So yeah, for me, it was just the sheer quality of players that they managed to attract, and the football that they were playing was. Absolutely sensational. And plus, obviously, there was the old ding-dong battles with Celtic because back then it was relatively competitive over who was going to win it. Yeah. Unlike the last 20, 30 years where it's either been all Rangers or all Celtic. So, yeah, for those reasons, I was always I always look out for Rangers. There was a period uh, when Soonis took over for about nine or ten years and then Walter Smith took over and, it, and, and, and Rangers did win the league non-stop for ten years, pretty much nine or ten years. And then Celtic dominated because the Rangers got relegated forcibly and now, you know, that's over. So, Rangers, any others? Ajax always looked out because of that side around the 94, 95, 96 so the, the, time. These are footballing with... reasons, aren't they? That, that yeah, you like these clubs. It's... You can't help but admire them. I mean, just uh, look at that that side from from football. I haven't got a side that I just look at and think, oh, well, I have one in this country, but again, it's for football reasons. But Go on. Sorry, it's just Preston North End. I've just got a real affection for Preston North End because <laughs> they've always taken Man United's kids and given them a decent career once we, we've decided they're not good enough. David Healy, John Macken... They've always produced decent managers as well. David Moyes obviously being the big standout one during present. Josh Harrop recently, who I thought was a fantastic talent. Who then Beckham, to- Beckham played his first league game on uh, loan, uh, yep. Preston. Crew, yeah, was, crew on loan was as well. Crew was another team that would take Man United rejects. David Platt uh, was rejected by Man United and went to Crew. Going back to Ajax, just look at that side. The, the the way that they brought them all through at once. You don't win anything with kids. Well, Man United did it, and so did Ajax. Because that team was we we discussed it on the, on the last pod, I think, me and Dan, and it was described as football in filth. The just sheer level of talent: Cliver, Overmars, Seydorf, Davids, Reisinger, Blind. The list just Van der Sar. The list just went on and on. So for those, and obviously AC Milan. Because the sheer level of talent that went through AC Milan from Roberto Baggio to Franco Baresi, Maldini, George Weyer. I'll never forget George Weyer picking up the ball in his own box, beating an entire team and slapping the ball in the back of the net. If you've never seen it, go onto YouTube and Google George Weyer's best goals. That's a... Team. George Weyer brings oh. to mind a little bit of shitarousery that went on. And that's, uh, George Weyer had a, a cousin. Do you, do, do you know the yes. story? Yeah, uh, was it Ali Dye or his name Ali Dye and uh, George Weyer phoned up Graham Soonis, who's a manager at Southampton, and says, my cousin's very good, and he sent him over. 
And Graham Souness, rather than put him into training, put him on the bench and brought him on and gave him 15 minutes, worked out he was a pile of cack and took him off. Shithousery by George Weir in my book. So, yeah, so those are right. my predominant foreign teams. I always keep an eye out for uh, Shakhtar Donetsk as well. No particular reason. I think it might just be the orange kit. Love Fred. More than anything. Um, and Fred, yeah, Fred. <laughs> the, the last one would probably be Palermo, just because they play in bright pink, and I've never seen anybody else play in absolute bright pink. Okay. So there you go. There's a couple of non-footballing reasons, really. Right, Dan, let's go for you. Uh, should we get Hertha Berlin out of the way early doors? Uh, yeah, Hertha, I think, are one that me and you have been... We've both been to two games, um, and Berlin as a city is just wonderful. Yeah, it's our um, favourite and city. And your first uh, game, you, how old were you your first game? Uh, nine. Ten. Nine or ten. Yeah, and we were relatively uh, sober that day, weren't we? Yeah. And then we went back two years ago, and that was less sober. That was much you less fell sober. As, you fell asleep on a wall outside the ground. After the game. Josh passed out on the tube on the way back. So. And I, oh, can we not men- can we not mention oh, to Berlin and my journey home? That was possibly the most the worst tube journey of my life. Was the one from Heathrow. <laughs> with that, uh, I mean, which is a story and a half. I tell that's you, a story for after the podcast because Ryan that's, will enjoy. But we won't that's, it that's, that is a whole podcast of its own. That one journey from <laughs> Heathrow Terminal, whatever it was, to to where I escaped the tube train at Hammersmith Broadway. Let me tell you. But Berlin, so Berlin is a given because I took you there as a kid. You had no choice, really, did you? No, but the whole thing around that football club. We love the it, The atmosphere don't we? at the game, the, stadium. the city itself, the stadium's fantastic. We oh. even caught a Hertha Berlin under-23 game against Dortmund, yeah. didn't we, while we were there, which was yeah. fantastic for free. Tour of the stadium before, and the other good thing is when you get to there, there's a big fan park outside and there's bars and you bump into English stag do's, and it's just uh, it's just brilliant. And there was a bar playing 80s music, with us, and it was just brilliant. We had a great time. So that's that's Hertha of Berlin. That's a given. And that, that, that's one of the reasons is that, you know, you, I took you to We went to Berlin a fair few times, and uh, eventually we got to a game, and, we, yeah, we'll be going back again. And to watch NFL as well, I'll tell you, right now. So uh, other foreign teams that you like, and why? So, obviously, we've ticked off Rangers. Mine is... This is a weird reason. Go on. What, so there's two reasons for it. One's football, one's not. I was fascinated with Lorenzo Amoruso and his ability to just kick the shit out of people. So I, was, <laughs> I would watch Rangers to watch Amoruso just trying to murder someone on a football pitch. It was great. And then a few years later, Charlton had a defender called Majid Bruguera. <laughs> Majid, oh, he, went up oh. to, he went up to Rangers and he went to his Rangers. debut scored against Celtic and I was like oh well I'll watch Rangers then and ever since then I've kind of followed Rangers um the other footballing one before I go on to my non-footballing one is Valencia uh, why I've never known this my Spanish side is Valencia basically because of that period between about 2005 and 2010 where they produced David Villa David Silva Raul Albiol then Jose Gaia towards the back end the talent coming through that squad Santi Mina as well was so good and I loved watching them and I think they weren't spoke about as a good side because David Villa went on to do other things but that's why I love Valencia you mm. forgot guys like Mendieta as well he was a hell of a player well that was before yeah. was it? Oh, okay. before that time Mendieta yep. was already at Middlesbrough by the time that happened oh was it oh blind and then the last one is an Italian team I don't know if either of you will know this Go on. It's, complete, it's completely kit related and I can even tell you the year AS Roma 2002. 
They had a red and orange. One single side was red, one was orange. I had a Francesco Totti kit as a kid. I yes. don't know how I got it. I'm assuming it was from a gift or something, but I had that for, I think I might actually still have it in my box. It's how long I've got a big box with football shirts. It's probably still in there. And since then, I've adopted Roma. I look out for them. It's a shame their manager is now. And also, I loved, Fra- loved Francesco Totti, uh, Francisco Totti. So I carried on watching them. He left and uh, I just they just stuck with me. So it's, it's my Italy for the kit, really, Roma. Excellent. Any more? And Oh, yeah, one more. Well, there's a few more, but the one more main one is New York Red Bulls. Bradley Wright Phillips left Cholton and broke my heart. Wasn't his choice. He's a beast. He went went to Red Bull and spent two years playing with Thierry Henry, and I just sat there watching Thierry Henry feed Bradley Wright Phillips for two years. It was beautiful. I don't care if the league was shit. It was great. It was. But it confirmed (laughs) that we knew Bradley Wright Phillips was a goal scorer, out-and-out poacher. Because we'd seen him uh, at close quarters at Charlton for a long time. And, uh, yeah, brilliant. So, New York Red Bulls. Uh, any more? The other one I will mention, because we talked about FM before, is Auxerre. Felipe Mexes, Jabril Cisse. Championship Felipe, no, 2004. No, no, you had me at Mexes. <laughs> since then, I, I've always kept an eye on Auxerre. Just because of, I remember signing Cisse and... Max says vividly for some reason when I imagine Manchester United on Championship Manchester because I probably advised you to take Mexes. I think I, I probably... signed Mexes and Cisse and won everything that walked with those two in my team. So uh, he wasn't the do. best defender. He wasn't the best defender on FM, but he just fitted. He played football. He was a good football ball playing defender. He was great. And I... <laughs> so that's your list, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Right here we go. So Hertha Berlin, obviously. Uh, mine before that, I used to have a thing about SV Hamburg. Uh, I quite like them because Kevin Keegan signed for them in the late 70s, and I thought, yeah, I like that. The Ajax team of the early 70s, the Johan Cruyff side, uh, when they won the European Cup, I can vividly remember just being captivated by the shirts first. That That's the first time I'd seen a shirt like that. But then the way they played football, it was total football. It was the original total football. They would have beaten the living daylights out of the other Ajax team. Trust me, let me assure you of this. They would have lived, scared the living crap out of them. Uh, they were superb. And Cruyff doing that turn. The Cruyff turn, which so many people practised and ended up arse over elbow because of it. So Ajax were an early one. In the 70s, I would go on a Saturday. I would go to a game of football every Saturday, uh, whether it be at home uh, at the Valley for Charlton or I'd go to West Ham. And I'm quite happy to tell people I'd supported both clubs at the time. And it was only in the late 80s that I really sort of just can't settle down onto Charlton. But I would go to uh, West Ham's games. I went to, in 1975-76 season, I went to every home game that West Ham played in the European Cup Winners' Cup. And I saw some, they were always 2 or 3-1 down from the first leg, West Ham, and they always played the living daylights off the park. But there was one team that I really got taken with, a Finnish team. And they're called Larden Reapers. And it wasn't anything to do with their kit. It was nothing to do with how they were played football because they were crap. But they did this pre-match routine where they got in a, a, a huddle and did this knees up thing. And goodness knows why. The West Ham fans loved it. The whole place was erupting. The house of laughter with their pre-match warm-up. The only thing I've ever seen similar to it was Charlton's warm-up when Mark Fish and Sean Bartley. Yeah, and that was put to music. But this was, it was bizarre. So I've always followed Lard and Reapers uh, since that day. They're a Finnish side. They're crap. 
there. They won. They fluked the Finnish Cup one year, and that's all they've really done ever since. But I've always had a soft spot for them. Another team I always look out for because I've been there is uh, Aarhus in Denmark. I've never seen them play. I always look for their results. Always, always look for their results. And a Portuguese side that I I kind of keep an eye out simply because a legend managed them. And that legend's name was George Costa. And he went to Braga. And George Costa was only with us at Charlton for six months, but man alive, what a... He kept us up that season uh, without a shadow of a doubt. And he, that, one of the best defences, one of the best defenders. He was a no-nonsense, absolute beast of a player. He played for Porto against Man United in that court, that game that Jose Mourinho came into uh, into public view because this was the season before, a couple of seasons before, because he was playing at Porto and the manager didn't like him. And uh, so he wasn't playing and he wanted to play in the 2002 World mm-hmm. Cup. So he went on loan to came on loan to Charlton in January, and a uh, young fish cost a fortune, uh, which was the best back line until we had what was the sucks fanny one or the, the fanny one? Probably shouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah, no, you can, yeah. you can do, you can do, you can do. Go on, what was it? Johnson sucks. Johnson suck young fanny. There we go, Johnson. Adam was... Johnson, young suck young, Rod fanny. I was uh, was I at Charlton? I think I was. Yeah, I was. I was just. No, you, you'd have gone. I was gone, and I think the club were probably relieved I'd left from commentary because I spent about six months saying we've got to sign Fanny because we we put together a a team of footballers with with filthy names, and Rod Fanny was on it, and uh, along with Ralph Minge, who was a goalkeeper in Belgium. But um, Fanny was, and so as soon as we signed Fanny, everyone was messaging me saying, we finally got, (laughs) we finally signed him. Everyone who, who did the podcast with us, was was howling and saying, thank God you're not here anymore. It would be a nightmare. So, yeah, Braga, that's pretty much it. Ranger, Celtic, I've just always liked Celtic. And I don't know why I've, as I said, I think it was a shirt. But, yeah, it's Loudon Reapers, Braga and the Ajax team. They're, they're the big sides for me. I was going to say, just it was another English club, but just a little tiny shout out for the formerly Walton and Hersham Football Club from back when I was oh. living there. And I used to go and play at Stomp on Lane when the... When the ground was closed, because I was a young man going to school there at the time, the ground was closed. I got quite friendly with the groundskeeper and was allowed onto the pitch to play football with my friends late on a Saturday night, early Sunday morning, depending on when the game was on. So unfortunately, they're not, I think they've been dissolved and are now Walton Casuals or something now. And Stomp on Lane has been knocked down sadly but the, that was where i first dreamed of being a premier league footballer one day obviously See, that didn't happen because i was crap i my big dream has always been to score a goal at the valley and it never happened and the only time i've ever done anything on the pitch at the valley yeah thank you the only time i've ever done anything on the pitch at the valley and dan was there is we mimed to a song we, a, a cd we'd made so I've never actually stepped out in anger in a kit in that pitch. Dan has, because I've got the photograph of him lined up for the team photo. Twice. Twice. You've done it twice now. Yeah. You? Josh, my stepbrother, played there the year before COVID on the pitch, just yeah. after the end of the season. And at full time, I went on the pitch and we had a kickabout and I scored again. I kicked a ball on the valley and that was at the uh, the Monday after the playoff final when they had the uh, Valiance, the homophobia day. And uh, I... The Charlton Live team were playing, and I, I was on the pitch at one stage chatting to them, and the ball came over, and I just passed it back. So I've, I've kicked a ball in anger on the valley surface, but 
um, yeah, unlike my co-commentator, who will walk you through his left-footed screamer that he scored in front of the North Stand once in a in a pre, in a charity in that very charity game that Dan was a mascot in. So yeah, marvelous. So those are the clubs, right? Okay, excellent. There's some uh, some interesting choices there. Let us know yours, uh, listeners. If uh, put on on the Facebook comment underneath this pod, let us know who your uh, foreign teams are and why you support them. Weird and wonderful reasons. It'd be great. Teams you dislike. And you can't go for the obvious. So that, that means Dan and I can't go for Palace. I, I would just say I don't really dislike any teams because I don't really do the whole football tribal thing. The only two teams oh, I will mention, and they'll shit. sound pretty obvious, but they're for not the same reasons as, as football tribalry. The, the situation with Liverpool surrounding the Suarez and Everest situation, that left a really bad taste in my mouth. They handled that so poorly. And the only other one was when Manchester City signed Carlos Tevez. If you're talking about, sh- if you're talking about shit housery, putting up a poster of welcome to Manchester, Man United yeah. saying welcome to Manchester. It's beautiful. Uh, just those two situations lacked complete <laughs> class from my point of view. So no. that's me out and you guys can talk about it. No, you see, genius. I think I thought that was absolute genius and I thought that was a masterstroke to put that. I, I can still see that poster, uh, the Welcome to Manchester. And I thought, because I'm not a Man United fan, I thought that was joyous. That was one of the, cle- the funniest things I've ever seen. I thought it was brilliant. It was, and it, as you said, it was shithousery, but it was funny because we weren't involved. Uh, had it been a Charlton player going to Palace, <laughs> had it been a Charlton player going to Palace and it, it, welcome to London, we, I'd have freaked me nut off, I tell you. Uh, Dan? I'm just going to put the city of Sheffield. Okay, <laughs> uh, which. Which side you're on, I despise the <laughs> pair of you. Yeah. Last season, they both went down, and <laughs> yeah. I was so pleased. Not only to see Sheffield United in the Championship, but also to see Sheffield Wednesday. That's the main one. I really did. It's like Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> to, watch to give people the dope that aren't aware, we're going back um, uh, 10 years now. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it is 10 Charlton years. And Sheffield, Charlton and the two Sheffield clubs were yeah. in League One together. And we were battling for the league title. And, and Sheffield uh, Wednesday fans... Their, their fan base in particular yeah. decided that for some reason the title race was all down to who had more fans than the other team. Oh, no, it was between so the two Ch- Sheffield Charlton, sides as well. We weren't in it. Charlton would smash. We, we'd win 4-0 in Colchester. They'd beat Oxford 1-0. But because they took 4,000 fans and we took 1,000, they somehow deserved it more than us. I, I don't understand. We are so massive what, was the quote, wasn't it? So when they were going around about how big they are compared to the rest of the league, and then we got 101 points and they found 99 and couldn't quite push it over the line. Yeah. They really didn't like the fact that we won the league to the point where we went up the next season and they were itching to play us again. And they they could not wait to play us again. And to be fair, they beat us. So well done. But when we were relegated two years ago, Every fan on the Cholton hashtag was a Sheffield Wednesday fan. You're giving it large. Pissing their pants that Cholton would get relegated. So last season when Sheffield Wednesday got relegated, the Cholton fans fought back. Yeah. And it was, see you at the Valley. And who did we have first game of the season? Sheffield Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday. And it was the most boring game of my existence. Yes, I was, I went, I went. Yeah. I I was sitting there going, just do not lose. Yeah, don't lose. (laughs) The background to that game as well. That season, we were we signed twenty odd players in no time at all, 
And uh, but everyone said Huddersfield were on this forty odd game run. They were doing the middle of this their forty two game run, which was bollocks because they'd lost a playoff game in there as well. So they had lost the game, uh, but it was on penalties, so it didn't count. They're doing the Jose Mourinho school of wankology. So and then the two Sheffield sides, as far as everyone concerned, promotion was between the two Sheffield sides, and it was about February when we played them home and away. We played Huddersfield and we'd ended their record spectacularly. We'd ripped that they were, oh, we're unbeaten. They strolled up with Paul Dickoff, I think was their manager, giving it the big one. And, um, and Jan got amongst them and that was game over for their record. And then we went to Sheffield Wednesday th- first, I think it was. Peter Clark, the manager? Clark. Lee Clark. Peter Cl- Lee Clark, that was it. Lee Clark. Lee Clark. You're not Paul Dickoff. I don't know what I got Paul Dickoff for. But Lee Clark. But we, So we went to Sheffield Wednesday. Tight game. Johnny Jackson hit a left-footed free kick. 1-0 win at, uh, at Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, I, was in the, I was in the commentary box going, absolutely potty. Absolutely. Uh, but there's, there's more about that. Because there's another reason why I hate Sheffield Wednesday as well. Coming up in a minute. And then we played Sheffield United, who were predicting they were going to walk it. And uh, Johnny Jackson again, didn't he, Dan? Yeah. And his quote, Josh, his quote... I punched Josh in the face when we scored Yeah, that Johnny Jackson scored a goal. And, and uh, we'd beaten both Sheffields in the space of about seven, ten days. And I remember t- chatting to Jacko and, he, Jacko, and his words were, I own Sheffield. I own Sheffield. So that's... That was uh, Sheffield Wednesday's massive, yeah. I'll, I've got stuff. I'll come back to Sheffield Wednesday, but Dan, get carry on. I think that's about it. Gillingham. It just didn't like them. If, I mean, in the nicest way possible, if anyone isn't from the south of England, uh, I'll give you a, a funny story, and this will pretty much sum up Gillingham. I was on a train once, actually going to see Pete with my then girlfriend, and this lady got on the train. Five different kids. She had one shoe. <laughs> clothes that were ripped. The kids were awful. And she had a three-legged dog, right? And I wish, and I wish I was making this up. She got on the train. She got she got on the train at a place in, in just above just about in Kent called Slade Green. And we sat on this train. I watched her walk past. I turned to my girlfriend at the time and went. I will put £20 on anything <laughs> that she gets off in Gillingham. And she laughed and was like, oh, you hate Gillingham. But I said, trust me, she's getting off at Gillingham. So we pulled. We, I can't remember. The stop is before Gillingham. I think it's Strood. Yeah. And she started to move. And I got a bit excited. I thought, I'm on here. <laughs> she, she didn't get off at Strood. As we pulled into Gillingham Station, she went, fucking hell, come on. Got up. <laughs> walked towards the door. And I spent the rest of the train journey there. And I, I got off in Gillingham to change to Sittingbourne. Yeah. I yes. spent, I think, the next half hour of that journey trying to breathe <laughs> because I knew she was from Gillingham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Gillingham, it's, it's, it's sadly. Um, I have to interview our local MP, and um, he's a Gillingham season ticket holder. For the last five, six, seven years, when I've interviewed him, I've always, as he's left, I went, oh, mind the gap, because there's always a points difference between... I just need to clarify it again. That explanation I gave, 100% true, even with the dog with three legs, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Are there any other teams other than Gillingham because of their ill-dressed... 
poorly limbed animals. <laughs> Anyone else? I mean, I don't hate Sunderland. I quite like their fan base. However, I love to beat them. Yeah, but we've been in their minds. We've been living in their minds since 1998 and they hate it. And Arsenal, their fan base seem to think they're amazing. Just someone tell them you shit and scale it, right? Yeah, Arsenal are a bang average. Yeah, yeah. Any more? No, that's it, I think. Okay. Uh, obviously, Palace is a given, but we're not allowed to have Celtic. that because it's uh, I dislike Rangers for obvious reasons because I'm a Celtic. I like Celtic. Anyone in Germany, I can't stand Bayern Munich. I really cannot stand Bayern. They just arrogant, arrogant bastards. Can't stand them. Never liked them. Always been arrogant. And uh, I, no, I'm having nothing to do with them. And I, I want them to lose every game. I want to see them relegated. I just want to see everything go wrong for Bayern Munich. Kind of cannot stand them. Yeah, sorry, Ryan. I'm actually going to give two in one. I don't like Madrid and I don't like Barcelona. Not for footballing reasons, but purely just for the way that like, financially they can get away with blue murder and have debts written off. It's just not football. Those clubs, those two clubs should be completely bankrupt by now and mm. out of business. I, I, don't li- I don't like it, all this borrowing one point so many billion and, and then the prince of Spain comes along to what Real Madrid about, and says, what, oh, what, you've got 500 million debt? Oh, all right, then, so I've got a problem with that because, oh, oh, yeah, I understand that. But what about clubs that are, their owners have bought the club by buying the, by loaning from the club to pay for the club? That's a bit off, isn't it? Yeah, Burnley did that, didn't they? That was um, weird. You, you say it's a bit off. I suppose in, in football respects, it is. In business respects, it's fucking genius. You oh, don't pay for a penny and, and you make a fortune. Um, the only thing that I will say in defence of the Glazers... don't spend Yeah. The only thing I will say in defence of the Glazers is they've made the money back so it's paying for itself. Yes, I don't like the amount of money they're taking out of the club at the end of every financial year. But to be fair to them, they've made enough money to keep the club going and to spend... What each manager's been given about three hundred million quid. Under yeah, them, so. I, I think you need to look at the fine print and find out how much. When the Glazers go, the club owes the Glazers. Let me assure you on that one. Don't don't be looking at that one and thinking it's Burnley. A good deal. Did, I think the Burnley deal didn't Burnley get taken over the beginning mm, of last very sim- year? Very similar. Yeah, I think they they ended up paying. I think it was something like five hundred grand because they'd lent the rest of the month. They've got the rest <laughs> of the money from the from Burnley themselves. Well, Matt Southall wasn't involved, was he? Uh, right. Uh, yeah, so I've said that, yeah, Bayern Munich's the first one. Uh, dislike them intensely. Uh, Gillingham, for the, uh, similar reasons to Dan. Go on, Dan. No, I was just going to chuck in there because they just popped into my head. One other team that, going back a segment, I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, since the tragic incident, I actually looked out for Chapecoense in mm. Brazil. The fact that they not only came back to continue to play in the Copa Americana, they've also, I think, recently been promoted back to the top division again. So oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Because they, they lost their entire squad, didn't they? they had, no one survived, really, pretty much. Uh, they lost everyone in that. that was, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, clubs. I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Man United. I hate to say this because of my brother. Because of him? No, oh. my, my, my brother Bill was a Man United fan and he explained to me why he liked Man United and it was the Munich air disaster. And he said, you know, that, and it's a similar thing to that, to that, to that club, you, you know. Um, so I've had a, I've always, I'm not anti-Man, I like, I've always quite, I don't like to see Man United struggle. Uh, I hate that. I think they should be challenging, but, but I don't like their owners because I think their owners are a bunch of shysters, but that's besides the point. 
clubs I dislike. Sheffield Wednesday, uh, there's a variety of reasons with Sheffield Wednesday. Started with that season in League One, but it then goes to the Championship. Uh, I'm commentating, I'm sat with uh, my co-commentator, Terry, uh, and on my left-hand side is the goalkeeping coach, Ben Roberts. And there's a couple of journos from local journos. There's a guy called Kevin Nolan, who is, so Dan will tell you, is one of the best writers going. And he's an amazing old fella. And he's a brilliant old school journo. And he's superb. So we're all in there. And Charlton, it's, I think it's the season. I think Powell's still in charge. Powell's still in charge. This is a sword L game. Uh, when we went 2-0 down. Yes. Yeah, this is so. Well, it was Jose Riga. Jose Riga had taken over from Chris Powell had been sacked. And in this game, we had to win this. We had to get a result in this game. We were banging relegation trouble. After 10 minutes of the game, we're 2 0 down. Ben Roberts has turned to me, the goalkeeping coach, and his, his actual words were, We're so fucking down. It's unbelievable. We're relegated. That's it. The season over. And I, I'm, I'm trying to commentate. And Terry's on, and I'm trying to do summary at that time. And then Terry hands over to me, and this is a well-known fact that when Terry and I commentated, Terry didn't get the goals, didn't get the important goals, always on my shift. Get in there. And uh, at 2-0 down, we Marvin Soddell suddenly popped up and scored. It was 2-1. Marvin Soddell. Marvin Soddell. He didn't do Soddell, but for that day, I thank him. And then um, miracles of miracles in the first half, we get a second goal. It's 2-2, and we're celebrating. Now, where the um, press box is at, at, uh, at Hillsborough is slap bang in the middle. What are you looking at? He's looking at something. It's slap bang in the middle. Dan, what are you looking at? It's worrying me. Sorry, the NFL have just... The, uh, <laughs> Odell Beckham, come back to it, come back to it. Go, right, go. So, the, the press box is slap bang in the middle of the main stand, right above the the dugouts, and it's a tier above the dugouts and the tunnel. And you're so you're in surround and you're surrounded by you're in normal seats other than they've got a desk, but you're surrounded by the locals, which is a yeah. So it's two two, and then miracle of miracles, Marvin Sodol scores a third goal. We go three two up. At this point, frankly, I'm on commentary and I've lost the plot. And the so myself, Ben Roberts, Terry, my man, our media team, Kevin, uh, the journalist, of all all up, up, standing up, going, get in there, and giving it the big one. Suddenly, I notice there's some orange figures around, figures around us, stewards, and I notice they're holding people back. They're holding back half the uh, stand who are trying to get us because we're celebrating the Charlton game, and we're, we're point, trying to point out we're pressed. I thought nothing of it. Half time comes, we're still leading three two, and their head of communi- communications says, uh, "You're going to have to calm right down because we we can't have this." And I went, "Hold on, hold on, I'm commentating on a game. My job, I'm paid. I'm my job is to give the passion over to what's going on on the pitch, and that's what I do. You can't tell me not to do that. I've got a right. It's in my. Uh, if you just go and look at the football league contract, I think you'll find you've got. There's nothing you can say. I'm not doing anything. I'm not. I'm not swearing. I'm not. I'm just doing my job." Go away. He wrote to the club and complained about us. And I have to say, fair play, the club got the letter, showed us the letter and threw it in the bin. I hate Sheffield Wednesday for that reason. That reason alone for, for right. How dare they dare they write and complain because we beat them. That's all it is. It's jealousy. And also I hated um, Gary Megson was the other thing at Sheffield Wednesday. After we beat them 1-0, by the Jacko goal in the tunnel area, waiting to interview Chris Powell, 
because uh, I always had a one-to-one with Chris Powell. Rather than go, I didn't go into the press conference because I was the club's media, and I had an access all areas pass, and I could go anywhere. Nothing anyone could do. This steward come over and said, you can't stand there. Our manager's coming through. He doesn't like people in a tunnel. I said, I'm waiting here because I need to grab Chris Powell. I work for Charlton. I'm waiting for Chris Powell. He's got nothing to do with Gary Mixon. And he went, he'll get the ump with you. And I said, I don't give a shit. Tell us what, what happens. I'm not moving. I'm waiting for Chris Powell. I've agreed to meet him here after the press conference, and I'm going to meet him here. Well, they, no, no, Mixon won't have it. And I went, bring it on. Just, just go away. And Megson came round and gave me a really dirty look. And he was apparently he was uh, chanting on about it for a while. But uh, so I hate Sheffield Wednesday. Don't think there's anyone else I hate, really. That's it. I'm out. I think I'm, I'm out. out. Are we all done with hatred? I think so. Best right backs. Who wants to lead on this? I've got a ton here. So <laughs> I you knock yourselves out and then I've got a load. It's tough. How many but... have you got, Dan? Uh, one, two, three, four, five. I've got seven, but and then I've got one that people mention that I'll tell to fuck off that Pete will already know. Was Danny Elvis already? Was Danny Elvis? Yeah, no, Dan's actual quote about Danny Elvis, and uh, and it's a quote that's stuck with me ever since ever since he said it. Danny Elvis, he's actually shit. That's uh, the only quote I've ever heard from Dan on Danny. He's actually shit. He's hated him from day one. Never rated him, have you? Well, he's a right-back that can't defend. Me and Ryan have had this discussion about Wan-Bissaka and the England right-backs. Danny Alves is a right-winger. I'm sorry. He cannot defend. He could never defend. Don't tell me he's the best right-back in the world of all time. OK, well, come on. Let's have your right-backs, Dan. So Danny Alves is at the top, written Danny Alves slash fuck off. So we'll move on. <laughs> I've known about this. I have. This hatred has been there from day one. The first time he saw Danny Alves play. He just despaired, and it wasn't. It wasn't just. He's actually shit, isn't he? It was like a despaired. He's actually shit. It was because the, uh, it was the World Cup in South Africa, and they were talking about him as if I'm watching Lionel Messi, but at right back. <laughs> like this geezer is making every tackle. They're stopping. Like if 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 it wasn't Danny Alves, they'd be four nil four nil down against like <laughs> Egypt. Like no, it's just not going to happen. If he, if he didn't play, it doesn't matter. It's Egypt. But anyway, as we're on Brazilian right backs, we'll start with Cafu. Yeah. Um, me and Ryan, oh, I don't know when. Uh, I think it was quite an early podcast. Discussed going back and watching old tape. Me watching old videos of of players that I liked as a youngster. Yeah. We're talking about. I slagged off Ronaldinho saying he wasn't the player I thought he was. Go on. But watching watching back that Brazilian team, Cafu really was the player I thought he was. What a player. And obviously also part of the, the Roma team that I discussed earlier on. Yep. What a man. What a player. Okay. Yeah, no, I I, I had Cafu because he is he, yeah, no, one of the best right backs I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, superb. Go on then. Anybody else? Gary Neville, I think, is a, is an obvious one. We went before, and I'm assuming it's the same since from about 2000-ish, so that's when I started kind of paying attention. So Gary Neville, I think, is the given. Best in the world, arguably, at his position for long periods. Philip Lahm? Mm, yeah, Philip Lahm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started yeah. at right-back, could also play left-back, moved into the midfield towards the end. Fantastic. Willie Sangal of Bayern Munich. Yep. Yeah, not, at, not quite massive, but... He's fine. Bayern Munich. He's Bayern Munich. Makes him shit. Zambrotta from the, the mid 2000s, part of the yeah, 06, went to Juve, was at Barcelona as well. Fantastic right back. Yeah. And Javier Zanetti 
Oh, so, yes, absolute yeah. legend. What a boy. <laughs> what a player. Playing in his 40s, still out there. It, brilliant player. Is he still playing? No, he was. He finished his career. I was going to say, I thought he was like involved in the hierarchy at Inter Milan now. I think he is. Well, right back he was. That's all I kind of come up with in like tier one. Tier one. See, yeah. I've only, I've, because uh, we're going back to Ryan, you're going last because you've got the list of a thousand lists, haven't you? <laughs> and I, I concur with, uh, with quite a lot of Dan says Cafu. Uh, yeah, definitely. Gary Neville uh, is probably the best England right back I can remember. And I've been watching England since 1970. And I've seen a few right backs. And I think uh, Gary Neville uh, was the best defender uh, at right back. Yeah, and I and I get your point. I think we've got lads with the potential. I want to. Yeah, I'm just going to stir up. This is going to stir an argument. Potentially, if he's allowed to, he's the, the the lad at Liverpool, Trent Arnold. I think eventually will be. I think Trent Alexander. That's a whiffer. No, I, I will. I will. Hang on. Well, 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 let me just. Sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, I just. I knew. I knew you'd start. Because it's a Liverpool player, and it's nothing to do with any films. And I think with potentially, it. I think potentially, he's still quite young, and he's going to develop, and he's going to be developed into a hell of a defender. What? Can't defend. He will. Yeah, I think for me personally, I think the one to look out for isn't Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think it's Rhys James at Chelsea. I think he's the one that could be England's full right back for years upon years to come. Trent's excellent going forwards. He's absolutely amazing. Is is crossing his dead ball and I think fantastic that's why he will I think that's why he will get more England Cups than Reese James eventually trust me but I think, he can't I believe, defend I think he'll, I don't he'll, want a right back that can't defend I, I'm not you know I'm, I don't mind I, I, anyway I knew that up it's just my opinion there's a, a defender Gary Neville you can't argue with but there's a, a right back that I saw play and um, and I've got a central defender like this and had he played for a top six team, and he should have done, um, and unfortunately you two are too young and you won't know him, You're not, Dan will know his name, I suspect. Had he played for a fashionable club in the very top division, thank you, He would. John Humphrey would have played, he went to, he was at Charlton and he went to Palace. Uh, had he played for a top six club and, he, and a few looked at him, he would have played for England without a shadow of a doubt. He was uh, one of the most, he could defend he could pass. He could tackle. He could tackle properly. He could get forward. He had it all. He had superb technique. Positional sense was second to none. I never saw him get beaten. And he played against some good teams. I mean, he was up against Man United with Ralph Milne. I mean, that <laughs> put him in his pocket and took him home. But he played against some really quality, some quality teams and he players. And another one like Richard Rufus at centre back at Charlton should have played for England. Uh, he didn't. But um, John Humphrey, for me, is one of the best right-backs I saw in the flesh and uh, an amazing player and a cracking magician as well. Yes, Dan? I've just remembered one that I haven't got on my list that I wanted to put on was Lillian Turam. Um, Ooh, yeah. Sorry about his cousin who's shit, but him, <laughs> yeah, Lillian Turam was a great right-back. Um, I think uh, kind of people look now, looking back at him, is more because of the cancer, et cetera, that he's kind of spoke about now. But also, yeah. a very, very good right-back. World Cup winning right-back, right if I remember rightly. Who's the, the French lad now, the French right-back now? Pavard. Uh, like him. But he, he's in and out at the moment, isn't he? So he, he's a right-back for France, but not for Bayern. So we'll see if 
he, he gets a move. Play right back for France because he plays centre back for Bayern Munich. Does he? So he was, we'll see. I think he is a centre back that France play right back. Another good player I saw at right back that I thought was um, exceptional, and he's now a centre back, but he can't get a game uh, at his current club. Joe Gomez. First time we saw Joe Gomez, well, the first time in league action, the first time I saw Joe Gomez, he played at the centre-back uh, alongside uh, the legend that is Andre Bique. But he'd started his Charlton career at right-back and he, he just looked a million dollars. It looked a million dollars. But, um, yeah, OK. Ryan, it's over to you because, yeah, I'm all about attack, me. <laughs> Dan's taken a nice chunk out of my list. So I've still got one or two left. But okay. I've got some on, honourable mentions that I don't think quite were appreciated as possible. But we'll start off with the biggest honourable mention. And that's purely because of his name. And you mentioned him earlier, Rod Fanny. So he gets honourable <laughs> mention for having the best name at right back. Just Charlton um, made the list. Charlton oh, made the list. Listen, I could, I, could make, I could give you a whole team of filthy named 11s. I've got it written down somewhere, the one we did. And Rod right. Fanny was a right back. Ralph Minge was in goal, though, let me tell you. And there was a couple right. of cunt, a couple of cunts in midfield. Stefan cunts, yeah, and Benders, Lars Bender, Sven Bender. Sven and Lars, yeah. <laughs> and Paul Dickoff, don't forget Paul Dickoff. Yeah, he didn't make the team because we didn't like what? him. At... His name's right there. No, 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 Paul no, 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 no. What do you want? This no, was no. imaginative. There was this some is a, there was, this was a, there was some better ones than Dickoff. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Carry <Right>. on. <laughs> couple of couple of big ones that haven't been mentioned. Michel Salgado of Real Madrid and Spain. Oh, yeah. And Blackburn. Uh, yeah. for, for years upon years upon yeah. years, he was the only right back. <laughs> he was much the Gary Neville of Spain in terms of longevity in his team. Yeah. I've got to be honest, when you were talking about Gary Neville earlier, I can't really think of an actual right back from Gary Neville to, say, Kyle Walker. In between, I just can't think of an actual one that stands out. No. Um, I don't like um, Kyle Walker either. So. Yeah, and the other yeah, one I'm who not. I think, I always think personally is world-class, but people might not have heard of was Dario Serna at Shakhtar Donetsk. Oh, FM legend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Croatia, right back, left back, Superman on FM. See, if Dan hasn't seen them play, he's, he's signed them on Football Manager, much like I have. Absolutely. Yeah, Serna was uh, unbelievable. Stamina, skill, poise, tackling, both yeah. feet, you name it. The other one uh, is Christian Panucci, uh, yeah, formerly yeah. of uh, AC Milan and Chelsea. Uh, he was really a big part of the AC Milan defence alongside Barese, Costa Corta and Maldini. I like the big Russian fellow who was at Chelsea. Ivanovic, he's also yeah. on this list. I thought he was good. Ivanovic. I thought he was good. Speaking of Chelsea right-backs, Ryan, I don't know if you've got him on your list. Paolo yep. Ferreira. No, I haven't. He's massively oh. underrated, but oh, yes. what boy. The other Chelsea right-back that I do have on here, Pete might know this, I'm not sure if Dan will, was Dan what? Petrescu, oh. former Romanian international. He was a fantastic oh. player. I sat three seats away from him at uh, Italy versus Romania, Euro 2000. He was suspended. He was amazing. He, he was, was about suspended. But nothing. But he was a fantastic right back. He genuinely he was. was uh, and he had and he had uh, he had a, a bit of the shithousery about him as well. Let me tell you. Yeah, honourable mention for Lee Dixon. Obviously, he didn't quite live up to internationally as he did for Arsenal, but I think that might be something to do with a certain Gary Neville. Just get your medals out though, that's the thing with him, isn't it? Him and Gary exactly. Neville, both of them, both of them well and truly medalled. Yeah, go on. Uh, Honourable oh. mention for Rob Jones, because he was the only other English right back I could find at the time who was at Liverpool. 
cut short by injury. He was class. Yeah, he was cut. class. But unfortunately, his knees were just done. Yeah, uh, uh, he's career. He, he retired at 24, 25. He was absolute. Yeah, dogs. He would have played for England. He would have kept Gary Neville out. And the last two I've got on here are actually both Irish, which is Gary Kelly at Leeds. Oh. I think he deserves a big shout out. Uh, he was a part of that Solid. Champions League side. Solid. For, for Leeds. Yeah. Um, and the other one was Stephen Carr when he was at Spurs. Another Irish international who was very, very good. I thought he was going to say Stephen Carr when I was going to leave. Chunk, no, for a chunk of his career, Stephen Carr was a very I good right back. Dude, there was a, a right back and, uh, at Newcastle that I quite liked. Warren Barton. Uh, he was, <laughs> no, Sorry. I... Are you, Not in no. agreement with that one, but you you have your. I said in, I quite liked. Opinion. I don't think I think <laughs> yeah. it was I think it was half decent. I mean, yeah. And the only other one that I can think of, just off the top of my head, Tony Hibbert. No, <laughs> is actually an Inter Milan legend, which is Bergami. Uh, Pete might know of him. Yep. He was a defender who was hard as nails. He could play anywhere across the back four. He didn't. If you looked at him, he just like it looked like a bloke off the street. He looked bang average, and he wasn't the tallest defender either. The but trouble the guy with, was an absolute monster. The trouble with me in this is I don't. I like a defender. I mean, I like a no nonsense defender, but I prefer I prefer an attacking player. I don't, and so that's where I. Well, when we get to attacking players, I'll be all oh. over it. So I'll be I'll struggle a bit with defenders until we get the central defenders. I'm fine, and left back. But right back, I, mean, I just find left. For me, left back picks itself. But we'll go. Yeah, well, we'll come on to that. Yeah, I think it does, and I suspect uh, I think we'll all probably go for one of those. No, there's just there's a few. There is there's a few. There's an Irish option that I think is up there, and uh, yeah, there's an English option as well. But yeah, right backs is difficult. I mean, I I I look for different things because I'm an attacking minded and I like my attacking football. I don't worry about the defending so much, which is why I I think I, I like. Why I like Warren Barton as a player because he was in that Newcastle side who couldn't defend to save their lives, cost them the title. Uh, by Christ, they entertained, and that's why I like why I like the lad at Liverpool because I like to see players get forward regardless of where they are. Go on, you got one more. You got go on. Yeah, just last one. I just seen it right in the middle of the list. It was Michael Reisinger, a former Ajax and AC Milan. Uh, yeah. Right back, part of that uh, impressive team uh, Ajax that then. Ex- vacated all at once and basically split itself between Italy. Three or four of them went to Milan and a couple went to Juve and a couple went to Inter. So, yeah, he's the last one on my list for, for right-backs. Excellent. So we've, we've got um, we've got a good selection of right-backs there. Uh, excellent. So next week uh, we're going to do left-backs, left yes? Dan? Yes, we'll do yes. left-backs next week. But, Dan, do you now want to take over? Shall we're we going to play that game. Is this like Snog, Marry, Avoid? Yes. Yep. Murder, death, kill, or whatever. Oh, right. So, what happens here? So, I, I I will start, and I'll give you three options. I'll give. I'll start. We'll start with Ryan. That'd be nice. All right. So I I'll can give get Ryan. It. it can be shit or good. Doesn't matter. I'm going to give Ryan three right backs. I don't like. See what he does. Yeah. The start. And he's so, got to pick, pick one. To, he has to start one. Bench put one. one. Put one on the bench and, and sell one. Fuck one off. Right, okay. And to be fair, last week with the goalkeepers, Dan dummed me up a kipper because he picked the, probably the three best goalkeepers in the world at the moment and it's a pick one. Oh, that would be fucking cruel. <laughs> God, come on. <laughs> oh, so so the, the, the czar of shithousery has come up with this shithouse game, has he? Yeah. Right, say no more. Say no more. Say no Crack more. on, Dan. Go on, let's have so, it. So, your options, Ryan. Glenn Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Toilet seat thief. Kyle Walker. Oh, 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 oh. And and Mika Richards. 
Oh, oh. piss off. Come on. Oh. Um, right, well, well, <laughs> oh, geez. Right. Well, I'm selling Michael Richards because he, <laughs> by, by the time he was about 28, he was done and dusted. His knees were buggered. Yeah. And, as much as I enjoy hearing him laugh, that's all you hear when he does every single show on, in the uh, world no. ever on, right on, on Micah Richards, you've got to go and listen to Test Match Special Podcast um, uh, from about three weeks ago where uh, they had Carlos Braithwaite, he's a Man United fan, by the way, West Indies cricketer who won the 20, T20 World Cup in India. We're not talking about T20 World Cups. Yeah, you. no, hang on. But, but Carlos Braithwaite, uh, and he was on with Mark Chapman for a cricket chat. Micah Richards had been on before talking football. And he, he just stormed into the studio because he wanted to say hello to Carlos Braithwaite. So they had a five, ten minute chat on air with uh, Carlos. And, and Mark Chapman said, look, what we'll have to do here is we will have to, um, we'll have to do a podcast with the two of you together in the same room. And they did it. And it was uh, and it's been released this week. And it is hilarious. Uh, and it's a loving by the two of them. But it's very good. They talk football and cricket. Dan, you'll enjoy it. Right. Carry, carry on. So- we're going to sell, if I can sell Michael Richards, I will. I'm not sure anyone will buy him with his bum knees. <laughs> I'm going to bench Glenn Johnson. I'm going to start Kyle Walker. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Glenn Johnson particularly. I thought he was a little bit overrated. I know he came through West Ham quite young and then hit, got a big move early to Chelsea. Too early, but do you I, think? Yeah, I do. And I think Kyle Walker's just proved himself at City over and over and over I, again at this point. So Glenn Johnson could have done with another couple of seasons at West Ham just to to learn out of the the the, the big the main spotlight, do you think? Or Absolutely. He played fifty four times for England, that's depressing. There's I mean, hope that, for me, yeah. Well, well, no, well that, that tells you um who else was around when he was playing those fifty four games. That's what he tells I'm you. Can... <laughs> right. Yeah, I like the Come guy. On but I don't rate him as a player. Right, come on in, Pete. We're going we're gonna to talk to you with one. Oh, come on in. Lee Dixon. Oh, so I've got to give it to Dan, have I? No. Yeah. Don't you, worry, Dan picking, will come back to you. You're picking yours. All right, okay. Right. Lee Dixon, mm-hmm. Gary Neville, or Gary Kelly? Oh, that's straightforward. Gary Neville starts. Uh, Lee Dixon's on the bench, and Gary Neville can do. Gary Kelly can do one. <laughs> Gary Neville could do one. Yeah. No, no, Gary, Gary Neville starts. Gary I didn't Neville. say Philip Neville. I said Gary. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> if it was Philip Neville, he'd be sold. But Gary Neville, I, I just think Gary Neville's the best right back I've seen in the last in an England shirt in the last twenty years. It was, a, it was oh Lee Dixon was a close second to him. Lee Dixon was unfortunate; would have a load more caps if Gary Neville hadn't been around. Gary Kelly, bang average for me. He was good, but he was average. Uh, uh, so I'd sell him quite cheerfully. Lee Dixon on the bench. Gary Neville uh, will be starting. Thank you very much. For, and, and his leadership qualities as well, Gary Neville. Right. Despite, Dan, the, fact, gonna... despite the fact that Gary Neville was responsible for my, my, my niece at the time not getting Peter Schmeichel's autograph. I won't forgive him for that. And Dan, it's my turn for revenge on you because you did me up a kipper last week. <laughs> You ready? Mm-hmm. Right. Javier Zanetti, <laughs> Philip Lahm, oh, or, or Lillian Churam. Oh, oh, my word. I was, I was oh, I see, how, I see how this fucking works. I want some of this next week. Oh, it's shit, Asri. I was expecting you to say Cafu. It's shit, Asri, right there. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have dropped. 
Cafu on that last one. It'd have been Cafu starting. So it's an Eti Lam and Churam and Churam. Oh. So um, this is tactical. So I'd start Zanetti. <laughs> and I'd bench Philip Lam. My <laughs> word. Because, you are no, set... hang on, hold on, hold on. Because <laughs> justify this fucking <laughs> hell. Because and, and it is a because. It's because Because of the Wizard of Oz. All right. play in um, multiple positions. Yeah. Right? So then he has an option as a bench that can come on God, across the not... back four in the midfield. I can smell he's dropped money. That's he? my reasoning. <laughs> Lillian Churam is a fantastic player. I'm not denying that. But I'd ha- for me personally, I've had Philip, Philip Lam for his versatility on the bench. If we're talking just right back, like he can only come on and play right back, then fine. So... But in general, it would be start Sanetti, bench Lam, and Turam goes. Oh, sweet, sweet revenge. I like how that works. I can't wait for next week. Oh. So, so uh, do I get to pick three for someone next week? Yeah, if you get a list, then knock your list out. Yep, that's how it works. All right, fine. I've got I'm, a couple more I'm, here. So I'll, I'll be all over this next go. week, I'm telling you. I'm liking this. Right. Are you ready then, Pete? Go on in. I've got a couple more. Willie Sagnol from Bayern. What? And France. Is this, am I doing pick, sell? Got, yeah. Pick, bench and sell? Yeah. Uh, twice? Yep. We're going to go until we, we've we've done the list there. Oh, right. Willie, You're going to stitch me up here. Yeah. Willie Sagnol from Bayern. Yeah. Michel Salgado from Real Madrid. Or Gianluca Zambrotta from Juventus. Oh, that's easy. Zambrotta, uh, I'll pick. I'm selling Sanyol. Yeah? Yep. Wow. Yeah. World Cup winner. Euros winner. Yeah. So yeah, World Cup winner. So was Daniel Alves, wasn't he? No. <laughs> no, he was not. Just was he not? No. Uh, he well he won a shitload of medals, didn't he? Yeah, but so would and I. He were, and he was actually shit. So yeah, no, I'm staying with what I said. There's no uh, point in putting Cafu in any of these. No, no because Cafu, no, <laughs> you, you can't. No, 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 you can't. So, um, no, you can't. You can't put Cafu in any of them. But, yeah, no, I'm sticking with what I just picked. Go on. They've got another one for Dan. Dan. Oh, my God. Dario Serna. I, I love this. Oh. Dario Serna, yeah. yeah. Branislav Ivanovic. Cool. <laughs> or, I don't know if you'll know Dan Petrescu. Do you know who Dan Petrescu is? No. No, of him. Give me that I, one. I Give me that one. Give me that one. I'll go on, Pete. Uh, I will get rid of. So go again. Petrescu, Ivanovic, and Serna. Serna yep. is based purely on football manager, so I'm selling him. Right. right. Uh, Petrescu and Ivanovic. I loved Ivanovic, and and what I do like, I think he's got a good sense of humour. If you ever see uh, when Eden Hazard loses the plot uh, in a, a in a promo thing they did with John Terry and. and and a, a big Russian fella was howling uh, and was the main one of the main instigators. Uh, but I'm thinking I'm picking the other fella. Serna. Branislav uh, Ivanovic. Serna's uh, being sold. Right. Serna's being sold. So you've got Branislav Ivanovic. And who is the other one? Petrescu. Petrescu. Pe- Petrescu's my... I'm, I'm playing... I'm playing... I'm uh, picking Petrescu. Rossi's the Russian fella because I can't pronounce his name. He's on the bench, and I'm selling Serna because he, right. to me, he was good, but he was better on Football Manager. Thank you. 
And I've got one last one for Dan. You ready, Dan? <laughs> you sure you're ready for this one? Yeah. Danny Mills, Luke Young, can I, I can, or, <laughs> or Chris Solly. Oh, oh no! Oh, no, now listen. I can, I'm gonna hang on, hang on, hang on. I know, I know who he's selling because I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. Oh, I've got a pen because I'd write we've down told, who. We've told the story, the story before of Danny Mills. I know, um, I I know who he's gonna sell it. I think I know who's gonna sell it. No, actually, there's one of two. He's gonna pick Luke Young as a pick. He's gonna play you Young. That's the thing. Young, it's it's who he's. Starting. Does he sell Danny Mills because he's a wanker, or does he sell Chris Solly because he refused to play? Big oh bastard question. Which one do you think? You're you're selling Danny Mills. No, you're selling Solly because Danny Mills is. Go on, Luke Young. I knew that, yeah, but I think you're going to sell Danny Mills. Selling? No, Solly, Solly, because Danny Mills was the better right back. I'm selling Chris Solly. Yeah, because. Say what you want about Danny Mills. At least he was there. Chris Solly walked out. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is where our bottom line is. I know Danny Mills is a wanker, to quote you. But uh, Chris Solly, yeah, did a bit of a dirty, didn't he? Okay. Fuck him. Up Luke Young FC. Oh, yeah, Luke Young was going to win that hands down. It's, and if, if you do, when centre-backs, I'll, I'll, let me do the centre-backs one on Dan, because I know exactly who he's going to pick. Richard Rufus. And when I give him three names, I know who he's going to pick. So, uh, and uh, Rufus isn't on the list. Right. Uh, but that's in a few weeks. Are we done with uh, pick, bait, sell? Because there was a lot of shit hours we going on there already. Unless unless you can think of any more, then, yep, we can no, move on to... Move on to our final, week. final thing is shit hours we have the week, Dan. Now, you didn't do it last week, did you? Because I wasn't here to pr- prompt you. Or did you run out of time? No, sorry. I've just seen some bad news. No, uh, yeah, no, we didn't. We just forgot about it. Okay, if, fair if you're enough. an NFL fan, if you're an NFL fan, Odell Beckham's just joined the Rams. You're I'm joking. heartbroken because 20 minutes ago he was about to sign for Green Bay and apparently now he's signed for the Rams. Well, there was talk about him going to the Pats as well, weren't there? Yeah, that was not real. Your shit. Move on. Move on. Oh, oh fucking hell. Jordan loves all I've got to say to you, mate. What did the Green Bay main number one starting quarterback do to get a huge fine? He caught COVID. And you got a fine for that. No, he's done something wrong. He's been a naughty boy, hasn't no, he? No, he did a press conference without a mask. Well, there you go. See, naughty boy. Uh, carry on. Uh, shit house of the week, other than that move in the NFL. That's another podcast so, entirely. Shit house of the week is uh, is this week. It was. Oh, I think it was even for the week before last. I saw it just after we did the last show. So, if anyone is aware of uh, <laughs> a, a midfielder. <laughs> By the name of Hyokwing Korea. <laughs> he is a winger. Yep. Formerly of Lazio. Yes. This summer, yep. he left Lazio at the end of his contract to yeah, join Serie A rivals into Milan. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, yeah, yeah. Touchy subject, you know, a bit of history between the two clubs. Yeah. So, two weeks back, <laughs> Inter Milan travelled to, to Lazio. Yeah, as you do. And uh, in a league game. And Correa played into Milan. And uh, Lazio may may have spanked into Milan up by three goals to one. At, at which point, a Lazio player who I don't know the name of, but if I find the name of buying a shirt with his name on the back, decided <laughs> at full time that he was going to run up to, to Correa and... <laughs> 
jump on Correa's back and celebrated on the back of Joaquin Correa. So whoever this player is, I salute you. You are the king of shit house. For now. You know forever. That's one. You've got some serious bollocks. Oh, I found his name. He was duly sent off, by the way. Go so on. congratulations, Luis Felipe. You are my hero. What you now need to do is you now need to find us on Twitter and you need to retweet it, uh, tweet it out on the uh, Football Thunders Twitter, Twitter account so we can uh, see what a shit house it was. It was, as soon as I saw it, I knew, I think I messaged Dan, I said, have you seen this? And I knew straight away that that was, uh, it was, that was prime shit house material. So <laughs> I am... Um... Yeah. I, I did send it to you, actually. So it was me sending it to you. All right. Was it something? Yeah. Um, as soon as I saw it, I, it was obvious, that, wasn't it? There's a football account. If anyone wants to follow it on Twitter. It's beautiful. It does, pretty much does my job for me. It's to be beautiful. Honest. It's beautiful. It's called at Footy Rustling. And it's literally called Football Shithousery. Brilliant. And they just tweet stories of absolute shithousery. You pick your favourite one. I want to give a, a second shout out to Harry McCurdy of Morecambe Football Club. Uh, they played Newport in the FA Cup first round on Go Sunday. On. And uh, there's a picture of him on Instagram, which he uploaded, with him being chased by Kevin Ellison. Now, if you know Kevin Ellison, he's a man in his early 40s. He's bald. He looks about 86. He's a footballer. And Harry McCurdy put it on Instagram with the comment, look at Harry Potter running away from Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> But the reason, <laughs> <laughs> the best reason for this, That's the reason beautiful. he gets, the reason he gets yeah. a special mention is because Kevin Ellison replied. What did he say? And he put, and remember, he so he's Scouse. I won't put on a Scouse accent, but what I say, if you put in a Scouse accent, it's hilarious. Kevin Ellison replied, "Who are you trying to mug off, you little gobshite?" Nice. He's got to him. He's got to him. <laughs> That's uh, a, shit Audrey, and you and you've done him well done. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that, that is uh, that's a red card next time those two play, isn't it? Because Ellison's going to have him, isn't he? Without a sh- there's going to be a tackle there, aren't they? There was another little bit of shit around you during the week. Um, Lyle Taylor. I don't know if you've have you seen the clip of Lyle Taylor, and he's uh, he's having yeah. a running battle. He's a physical bugger. I don't like him, but he's a physical. He's a phys- he likes to um, get under the skins of the centre half. And there's a young centre half that fr- uh, in a Forest game, and he was moaning to the ref about Taylor, and Taylor started crying and doing the crying emoji. Oh, no, off. And he's following him. And uh, he's, he's gone up to the ref to complain to the ref when Lyle Taylor stood there giving it all the tears and the mock tears. And then as he's walked away, Lyle Taylor continues to cry at him. It is, it is. Um, I mean, when he was a Charlton player, I loved that sort of shit, Alzheimer's. It's, it's not as good, though, is it, as uh, as calling someone Voldemort? So, no, no. You know. Although, um, shit, Alzheimer's, I quite enjoyed was uh, when a Charlton player got another player injured by time uh, through time-wasting. Was it Barry Bannon? Do you remember when? Yeah. Yeah. Explain what happened there, because that was um... so. Cholton played Sheffield went again. Sheffield, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday, Wednesday, yeah. Over, Barry Bannon, he doesn't like us. He actually um, tweeted abuse when we got relegated as well. And then we gave it back to him first game of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sheffield, we were playing Sheffield Wednesday. We were one nil up in about the ninety second minute, and we had a young wing back called Tariq Holmes Dennis, who sadly had to retire. From yeah, injury problems. Fantastic. He youngster. was a good player. Yeah. <laughs> he has the ball in our corner flag. Um, Barry Bannon has come up to press Holmes Dennis 
to get the ball <laughs> off him. And Hobbs Dennis has basically jinxed it, jinxed him and gone to his right foot. As he's done that, Barry Bannon has split his legs and torn pulled his an groin. ass over tit and pulled his groin. And out, out for the season job. Out, out for the year. Cholton, the Twitter account, really, whoever ran behind the Twitter account back then, tweeted it out on video and it was retweeted by every Cholton fan. Barry Bannon was not impressed. No. That is shithousery. Yeah. I do appreciate that. There, there was another Charlton shithousery. Uh, Tony Watt, in the last seconds of a game, went to the corner flag. And he spent three minutes. Three minutes. Three seconds. minutes, 26 seconds, holding the ball up by the corner flag. And the club, again, who do like a bit of shithousery, and I know who it is, and uh, they love a bit of shithousery, this particular individual who works at the club, they put it together and they, they put a clock on it and they timed it and they put it out as a tweet and it was beautiful. And it's shithousery. Genius. 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 Yes. I, uh, the Charlton Twitter account is capable of shithousery, let me tell you. Uh, they did it with Bournemouth as well. Well, Bournemouth were coming to the Valley. We were going down, I think. Uh, were we going down? Um, oh, we go down so much I don't know anymore. Yeah, and uh, Bournemouth came to the game if they they were promoted all but by maths. And uh, just there was yeah, there was a mathematics, yeah. and uh, that Bournemouth play tweeted after the game uh, that they'd won the week before Charlton game. That's it, we're promoted, and um, Charlton tweeted immediately. Obviously, haven't uh, factored into the fact that Charlton are going to win nineteen nil at the Valley, eighteen nil yeah. at the Valley next week. That got that got tweet of the week for and just, uh, just that for was, the record, we lo- we lost five nil. I will name <laughs> that the man who who wrote that tweet was Ian Liddle, who was a. The guy works. He's uh, he was he works at Twitter and at BT Sport now, and I'm not sure where he is. But Ian Little is a, a it, it top man. It worked really well for him. Top man. We lost five 0 Yeah, yeah. Top man. We were we were dull anyway. But that was that was a little bit of shit housery. And well done, Ian. All right, hats off to you for that. Right, I think that's it, isn't it, fellas? Enjoyed that one. That was good, wasn't it? That was some good uh, good bit of uh, um, stuff. Dan, let us talk mental health charity. Uh, got a football match coming up, haven't they? On Friday, the 19th of November at 7.30, if you're in the North Kent, South London region, we're playing at VCD Athletic in Crayford. Uh, yep. It's 7.30 kickoff, as we said. It's at VCD Athletic, Oakwood Sports Ground, DA1, 4DN. Uh, all money raised is going to the Mind Charity. It's Let Us Talk Against People FC. Tickets are £5 for adults, £3 for kids. Come down and see us. There is a form of professional footballer, Damien Scannell, and there is in the some starting lineup. And there are some good um, players. They are very good yes. players in these teams. So both teams, are, yeah, they're uh, very good players. Also, there's raffles. If you come down, take part in the raffle. You can win cinema tickets, spa days, free tattoos, and loads of alcohol. Uh, Jamie's really worked hard to to get a raffle going. So please come down and support the boys. And we need to get Jamie on the show at some stage as well, don't we? Yes. Uh, and it, and uh, they do a great work. And anyone who does work for a mental health charity, for us three, is important, uh, which is why we also, our first sponsor, and uh, our, Ryan, do you want to tell us, tell everyone about them? The Proper Blokes Club. It's just a gentleman's community, shall we say. Yeah, um, gentlemen. Yes, pure gentlemen. Uh, basically, it's just for blokes because there's such a stigma around men speaking up about their own mental health, as the three of us have discussed on this pod previously. They do walks here, there and everywhere. It is spreading nationwide now at this point. It genuinely is blowing up. So if you're a fella and you're not feeling great, you need someone to talk to, you need to let off some steam, don't want to talk to your family, don't want to talk to your doctor, 
just need a breather, go to www.thepropablokesclub.co.uk, have a look on their website, find the nearest walk for you, go for a walk, chat with a bunch of lads, get it all out of your system and go home feeling better. And there are more and more walks being added all the time. It's expanding as we speak. So they're doing a terrific job and it'd be good to get them on, on the pod as well. But, I'm um, waiting um, for them to be free. But also, uh, well, he's, he's been expanding. So, but, but I mean, yeah, also with that, problem. I mean, if you go on those walks, you don't have to discuss your problems. But so sometimes being with people out of the situation that you're in, uh, make that effort to get out of the situation you're in and get out of the house and, and just do get some fresh air for an hour or so with people, with new people. And it works wonders. Um, my, my outlet used to be going to, to stuff at Charlton and uh, it worked a treat. It was, it's mine still to today. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and mine now is just sitting in studios. That's what keeps me going. So, right, um, that's it. We'll be back next week. Um, email us if you want. Dan, what's the email address? Footballfunderspod at gmail.com. We'll tweet out that shithousery thing that Dan picked out. Uh, if you've got any teams you dislike, uh, foreign teams you do like, who you think are the best right backs. Uh, let us know uh, on the comments on Facebook, especially. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Dan, thank you very much. Sayonara. Farewell. Alfredo Zane.